the Ogden Arts Festival, where we grow art. Hello and welcome to the Ogden Arts Festival podcast. I'm your host, Eric Holmes, and this week on the program, we have Not Quite Heroes. Not Quite Heroes is a hardcore pop-punk band that's just about to release their very first album. The six guys that make up Not Quite Heroes talk about their musical passions, about how they want their music to impact their listeners, what gets their creative juices flowing, and as well as what makes a song good. This was a fun podcast, and it was fun getting to know these guys, so here we go with Not Quite Heroes. Wonderful Sunday afternoon here, and I'm here with Not Quite Heroes. Uh, it's a lot of microphones in this room, everybody, so just, it's a lot. So we're going to introduce everybody from Not Quite Heroes, so just go ahead and say who, what your name is and what you do in the band. We'll start at my left. Um, my name is Sean. I play bass. Cool. I am Bridger. I do keyboards. Malin, guitar. Mason, drums. And Garrett, I do guitar. My name is Damon, and I do vocals. Cool. All right. So who wants to take the task of describing what kind of music you guys play? Mason does. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to volunteer Gary. But <laughs> no, uh, we, I think we, the genre that we can kind of all agree on is more of a like hardcore metal-influenced pop punk. I'm similar to many other bands um, that are popular right now, such as a day to remember, chunk no captain chunk, uh, issues. They're a little bit heavier than we are, um, but yeah, it's kind of a, a metal, hardcore influenced pop punk. I want to talk about you guys have an album coming out. You guys have your first show in a while, right? You've done a couple shows, but uh, so w- what made you guys decide that that's the, this is the style of music that you guys wanted to play? Okay, I'll take that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this band, kind of a history of it, um, was I think the longest running members are Malin and I, and we actually started out playing like a ska punk, and then the band kind of fizzled out for a couple of years, and then Gary and I started playing, and we were kind of playing the same kind of thing, ska punk, and all of us have kind of come from like a punk rock background, listening to different bands, and then as we kind of got older, we started listening to a little bit more heavy music. I wanted to bring that in into the music that we were playing. So Gary started writing a little bit heavier music, and we kind of started playing that. And then Malin came in back into the band, and then in Sean and Bridger, and then Damon came in most recently. So that's kind of the way it works, is we wanted to bring more of our influences growing up into the music we were playing. So since you guys are, you know, you're six guys trying to bring a cohesive style, I want... Kind of each one of you tell us tell us how you got into music, why you're into the music that you are, and like what got you started. What got me into music as a growing up as a kid, I've always watched my dad always just playing, you know, guitar, playing all like the you know the classic '80s hair metal bands, mm-hmm. and I uh, just watched him just play and play. And ever since I was a little kid, and then he finally just kind of brought home some other instruments other than guitars, and just kind of picked them up and just kind of progressed from there. And then my music, you know being influenced by 80s hair metal is what made me like more of the modern metal bands today, such as like metalcore bands and everything like that. 
Um, for me, it was, I guess, listening to my parents. Um, my parents both play piano, so that's kind of what got me interested in that. Um, and then listening to Malin, he's my older brother, so just kind of, I was listening the same thing he was, but five years later. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he got into the good stuff, I was still listening to like Sum 41, and not that it isn't good, but all that, that is the good stuff. That is the good stuff. <laughs> but later. Um, yeah, kind of like Mason described. I grew up with Mason. I've known Mason since the beginning of time, I think. And 20 years. Yeah, we, I mean, we grew up with pop punk. We, I, you know, we, we kind of branched off into some metal genres, some heavier music too. So that's where we get some of that influence. But yeah, I mean, just growing up together, really. I got into playing music because of actually like a big band. I'm a repeat uh, guest on the show, and so yeah. you've already heard my story a little bit, so I won't say say as much as I did in the other one. But uh, yeah, it was more of a big band. I wanted to play the xylophone, and <laughs> I don't even know how to read music anymore. But yeah, so that's kind of how I got into music. My brother was playing saxophone, and then he played percussion, and then I wanted to play the xylophone and just kind of morphed into drums because they're badass. There you go. <laughs> yeah, my music started actually with a clarinet for like nine years, mm-hmm. back went from like sixth grade to like tenth or eleventh, and then during that, I found my grandpa had actually sent me a guitar for my fifteenth birthday. Mm-hmm. Had no idea how to play it, so I just sat down with that and just listened. At the at that time, I was listening to Green Day and Avenged Sevenfold, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where those musics brought me into everything so it went from green day Avenged sevenfold my chemical romance everything like that and then it just progressed into further and further music as it is now and now it's all of a sudden gone from that to now my biggest influence is august burns red and i listen to a lot of uh what jb brubaker does with with his guitars and that's where a lot of the influence for me comes into and i've been playing since i was 15 i'm 27 now so it's been self-taught it's a long journey and it's really hard but you know, and you do what you do with whatever you love. Yeah. Um, I started off with music with my, my father. My father influenced me big time. He plays in a punk, a punk band. He's the drummer for Dre's Method. Um, they're, they're from Ogden, too. So I'm sure you got maybe some of you guys know who they are. But, no, what got me um, more involved with music is actually I was a drummer first before I was even a vocalist. And I liked the heavier, heavier stuff. And my friends, they got me into it because I started going to punk shows when I was like 12, 13 years old. And um, they had a lot of hardcore shows in Ogden too, like just the, just the heavy movement. And I got involved with a lot of those kids. And I grew up just listening to hardcore music and listening to everything like that. So I kind of I wanted to go softer with my music. Mm-hmm and be more of a clean vocalist and I found these guys and these guys were like you know they needed they needed a vocalist so that's where I came all right well let's talk about your album it's coming out you know release day yet or anything like that it's not even fully recorded yet okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we have we have it all written right now um, but we are like to kind of give a time frame it would be like next spring next like Late spring, early summer mm-hmm. is what we're hoping. Gotcha. All right. So how long has this process taken to create an album? I mean, like I said, a lot of moving parts and things like <laughs> that. Uh, how long has it taken? What and what kind of go through your process? What, what have you guys done to kind of 
try to get your uh, get you get the best finished product, I guess. This this is a trick question, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think all six of us have a different answer. Yeah, but I think so. It's taken like five years. <laughs> I swear. Literally. Like Mason stated, we we me and him have been doing music forever and um and then Mason and Gary kind of got together mm-hmm. and started doing some things and then I came back in and it's it's kind of been a like Sean said the flowing movement of trying to find the right fit and the right you know right guys we've had people come and go vocalists other guitarists and it's been it's been crazy so far once you guys got the i guess the right guys in place what what uh what was your process of kind of building songs and and getting them recorded what uh you know how did how what, take me through the process of like building a song from you guys what do you, how do you guys start what how do you guys finish what is uh, the process i guess a lot of our songs was always started with just a catchy riff and then we just bring it to the table and just kind of just built off of it mm-hmm. for the most part yeah i don't think we've ever created two songs similarly similarly a lot of it's come from uh i don't know I'll, like for me personally like some of the stuff that i'll come up with is i'll sit at home if I'm bored and then I'll just sit on the guitar and I'll just play for hours. And just, if I find something, it's just like, Oh, Hey, that was kind of cool. I'll sit with my phone, put that on record, mm-hmm. record that piece. And I'll do like maybe a 30 second clip, 10 second clip, 15 second clip. And then I'll send it to all these dudes. And then we kind of just build off of, if that's one thing, we'll try to build and put pieces of that together. Or, um, I know that, uh, Malin and Bridger, they've sat down sometimes, they'll sit down for about two weeks, three weeks, and they'll put something together. And then all of a sudden they'll bring it to us one night and they've got the whole thing written out and ready to go. And that's like a straight skeleton of the song. Yeah. And that's, then we just kind of build from there. Everybody builds their own personal individual spot. And that's what I was going to say is everyone in this band, it's really unique how everyone has their own say They're like, no one is ever telling anyone exactly what to play. It's more of a guideline. And so everyone has written their own part. They have their own voice. And even when we come down to recording, because we're recording ourselves, we're finding that as well, is everyone is playing their own part. Everyone has written their own part. So the creative process with all of that is very unique, as well as a team effort. So got your first show in a while coming up, November 3rd. Woo. Getting excited, mm-hmm. I admit. Yay. Pretty soon. <laughs> so, from what I hear, this is a long time coming for you guys as far as getting this this particular show. Cause I'm sh- I'm assuming it's your first show with this lineup. Yes, anyway. yes, mm-hmm. it is. Um, so, you know, how exciting is it? I guess to take something you've worked on for such a long time and finally share it with people. What it's kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're no stranger to playing. I mean, at least you know me, Mason, Damon. We're all no strangers to playing shows. We've mm-hmm. been in a lot of bands. We've played a lot of shows, but it's uh, this band in particular is the one that I've worked the hardest for, mm-hmm. the one that I've progressed the most for, and so to finally get this show ready to go when all the music that we've spent so much time writing to just finally bring it forth and show it to the world, it's uh, pretty nerve-wracking, at least for me anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, preparing for this show, it's interesting because we, we say we've been a band for a really long time, which is true. Um, and two, yeah, two of the songs we are playing 
were written three years ago, written and completed three years ago, <laughs> and have only been performed twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that was clear back in 2013. So we're like approaching um, three years, four years without playing a show at all, mm-hmm. and we're still playing the same songs, which is interesting. But it also like they're still fun to play. They're still they're still relevant, mm-hmm. and so especially as we come into this album, they're going to be even almost focus points of the mm-hmm. album as well. And along those lines, I feel like we've you listen to those first recordings and first you know trials of that song and you know those couple of songs we still play and there we you you can tell our progression and that we've grown and it's kind of neat to see that because we're recording it now it's just see both sides of that it's kind of cool so let's talk a little bit about you get because a lot of you guys have mentioned kind of your personal progression as you're getting ready for the show and getting ready for this album what kind of work have you guys put in kind of separate from the band to get better or is there like something like it'd be really cool to be able to play this and then that then you work towards that how what has kind of been your process for progressing your your own specific instrument for this album what have you guys done? Individually? Yeah, individually. Well, for me, um, I would always I just play the piano. Mm-hmm. So a keyboard is a new, kind of newer, mm-hmm. maybe three or four years. But then I added um, more electronic sounds, and I'm trying to work with that, and it's hard. But mm-hmm. that's, personally, that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. What, what's kind of been, what have you looked for for, like, inspiration to do new stuff? And what have, where have been places you've kind of... Like I said, try to find new sounds and new things you can add. Um, probably like with heavier bands, heavier genres, like Born of Osiris, maybe um, I See Stars. They have a lot of that electronic influence in there. And I don't go that heavy. I'm just taking little bits and pieces and how they write a song, I guess. Okay. What else What else have you guys done to kind of make yourselves better? Um, I've actually only been playing guitar for what three three years now yeah it's been three has it been three mm-hmm. well, it doesn't even seem that long yes. it's it's been a challenge for me like we've said we've had songs before that were already written and i had to learn our songs that it was mm-hmm. kind of weird just add you know as a guitarist versus a vocalist and mm-hmm. it was a different to- totally different for me mm-hmm. another theme of the band is <clears throat> kind of on the same note we all write music that is challenging for us to play Mm-hmm. Um, personally so uh, an example is uh, there's a blast beat that I play in the song called This Endeavor that I was not capable of playing when it was written mm-hmm. um, I couldn't keep it in time I'd either play it way too fast or way too slow I couldn't do the double bass work with it when it was written mm-hmm. and now like because we, I wrote a part that was hard for me to play. I wasn't capable of it. I did, I did not have the skill level mm-hmm. for it. I am now able to do that. So personally, writing more difficult parts is making myself more, like being able to play those more difficult parts and progressing myself individually. All right. So I want to switch gears for a second, and I want to kind of talk about what playing music does for each one of you. Um, so why why do you guys play music? There's tons of things you could do to like blow off steam or whatever. What 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 made music that thing for you that uh, you know get, you get your creative fulfillment? You get your, like what what is what does your music do for you? 
Damon. Oh, <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> um, what it does for me is I have really, really bad anxiety, and so what music does for me is it helps with all the aggression that I have built up throughout the weeks. Um, when I'm like, when I'm mad or sad or angry, just like anything like that, like when I come to practice and I do my vocals and stuff, that, that kind of helps, helps me as a vocalist to open up. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it's a stress relief as well. Um, I have a pretty intense job that keeps me going quite a bit and it's just to sit down and all you think about is music all you think about you know for me is my guitar in that moment that's all I'm worried about so it's it's a good getaway it's all just fulfillment and progression um just being able to take just one little two second riff and being able to just collectively transform it into a just like just making leaps and bounds with with like my skill that's what music does for me it gives me a sense of fulfillment and pride yeah i well um, back when i started playing when i was like 10 or 11 my mom had uh just had surgery and so i just sat down because we had a piano because she played it before but i had never touched it um i sat down and just started playing and it made her smile so i thought this is a good way that I can bring joy um, and happiness just to anyone and everyone. I've told this story before, <clears throat> um, so I'm trying to think of a different answer. But for the most part, um, I like having the one thing to focus on, kind of like what Malin was talking about. We have a thousand things we're thinking about during the week. Mm-hmm. And while we're at band practice, we can think about that one part of that one song happening at that exact moment. So it's it's almost like a zen factor for me. But... Um, also, um, playing this genre specifically because, I mean, Eric and I play in a band together at, right now, and uh, it's it's different because of the genre of music. There's almost a little bit more passion behind everything, especially with the harsh vocals. You can hear it with when Damon, he, he does this thing where he almost um, crescendos his voice, and he comes from a, like a sing to a scream, and it's very passionate and powerful and so it's a little bit different being able to showcase that for me putting in a different passion into the music that we're playing i drive for my job so i've got a lot of spare time to just kind of sit like i'll listen to the radio for so long and then i just kind of i'll get sick of it so i'll while i'm driving i'll pop in a set of headphones or and and then I'll just put on one of our songs or I'll put on just a regular song and then I'll sit there and I'll try to sing that and then I'll hear something through some of the through some of the radio, through something like that with the guitar part. And then there's a small little bit of those notes and then what I'll do is I'll kind of take some of those notes, put some other notes into there, and then just kind of build my own rhythm off of those. It's like, oh hey, that's kind of a cool chord progression from here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. And then I'll just kind of build from there. Like for me, music It's been so long. Um, Every time I'd come home, it would be from going to school and I would come home. I'd have those three extra hours just before I had to go back to work at my old job. And I'd sit there and do that. And I'd come home and I'd have all this time to do it again. And like everybody says, it's a stress reliever. For me, it was just, I looked at it as I was creating something. 
and that was something new to me. Like I, like I said, I played that clarinet for nine years. I got so sick and tired of that thing. I just, I didn't even want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Put it away, and then pulled out my guitar, and then spent more time on that, trying to learn more and more and more about that specific instrument. Granted, it's been, I've been playing since, like I said, 15 years old. I still don't know the entire thing. Like, I'll look at it and be like, hey, that's cool. I can play this, this, this. I know my fingers go here. This sounds good. That doesn't sound good. I don't, I don't read music at all. Mm-hmm. I play by ear. So it's like, if this sounds good together, that works. That's how I'm going to write that part. Mm-hmm. And then and that's just me. I like to put different things together and then see what I can come up with. And if it's a good idea, I'll bring it to these guys. If it's not, I just put it in the bank for my phone. And I have like, I swear, I have almost three years worth of phone recordings for guitars. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot in there. So here's a difficult question, but one I like, I love asking. What makes a song good for you guys? (laughs) What, like, when when you're building a song, I mean, because every band has a song they throw away and they just say like this doesn't quite make the grade this isn't quite good enough so what makes a song good for you guys what makes the song worth still worth playing i guess i want to go first <laughs> <laughs> um i'm actually taking this I, I was listening to a podcast by one of my more favorite bands and he the, the vocalist in this band stated that oh. Oh, which band It's Memphis Mayfire. Okay. He stated that if a song makes you tingle, if you get excited about it, if it if you get, you know, goosebumps on your arms, that's what makes a good song. If it's not doing that for you, maybe you need to revisit that song. What makes a good song to me is when we're actually writing it or when we finally finish writing it and we get every single members part put together and then we play it and then as I'm looking around while we're playing it I just see a smile on every one of our faces as we're playing it. that's what makes a good song for me it's just we and in that moment while we're playing we're all having the best time mm-hmm. what makes a good song to me is when it's almost like kind of what Sean was saying but at the same time like I like it when I got the whole entire band basically doing the same thing with me and they're up there at doing the same exact thing with me and it's like i don't know it's kind of like a synchronized thing and i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because the music makes us do it at the same time Mm -hmm. but it's like just these heavy hitting parts that make us do it Mm -hmm. so it's cool yeah i actually defer to bridger on this topic because um, often me me and Malin will and Gary and um, Bridger will all take parts that everyone has written and then compile the song together and Bridger is the skeptic that he will he'll go man that just isn't doing it for me yet and then once we add drums once we add bass once we add a second guitar part and then Bridger goes all right, that was sick. So, for, like, I, I I blame Bridger for all of our songs that are, that make it good. Is he goes, he goes, all right, yeah, that was good. But it, it's always a work in progress. We've talked about this too. Gary brought up the word skeleton, and that is almost we use it every single time we we write. Is we're gonna create this skeleton and then add add the meat later. Add add the parts that make it move. 
um, later when we're actually constructing the rest of the song. And with that, that meat comes Bridger. So other than, you know, that you said the stress release, uh, you know, you guys talked about having some, creating something like, obviously that's a good enough reason to write music, but is there a certain impact that you hope your music has? Is there something that you hope people listening to your music feel or, uh, or think or do? Man, like, I, I like to make people dance when I play. <laughs> <laughs> um, me as a vocalist, I, want it, I just want the crowd to have fun. I want them to be able to, you know, be up there with me, singing my songs with me eventually, you know, yeah. once they get it. So that's what I hope to see. Yeah, I think our lyrics have a lot of meaning behind them as well. We, I, I think we take our time with our lyrics sometimes more than it should. But <laughs> no, yeah. But I mean, we we have a lot of thought behind it, a lot of feeling and passion behind that. So it, you know, we we want to show that in our music, and then in turn, you know, have people relate to that. There's a lot of personal feelings in most of these songs, like in this endeavor. That one, that one took some time because that one's super personal to me, mm-hmm. and it's it's a little bit different from all the rest of the songs. A lot of our other songs are all kind of upbeat and a little bit happier. That one's a little bit darker because that one's dealing into my past and a lot of the stuff that I was feeling at that time, mm-hmm. and then kind of realizing that and then just kind of put it into there, and it, it, it helps. But then you've got things like um, we have some of the other songs that we've got, and you know, like Sink or Swim or Passions or Cheer Up Buttercup. Those ones those ones have a lot of things into it. Um, I think one of our best, I don't want to say that because everybody else doesn't agree. Say favorite. Say yeah, personal. my favorite. <laughs> like one of, the, one of the good ones that I, I like a lot is our uh, True Colors because that one's a little bit more of kind of dealing with everybody else. And then our most recent one that we wrote um, was We Were Kings. And that one, that one deals with pretty much almost all of our pasts put together into one of just like where we've come from. And that one, like kind of like what uh, Malin had said towards relating towards everybody else, that one right there is the one that we just want to hit home right into those people's hearts and into their souls and just kind of feel it like uh, what he had also said again about that tingly feeling. We want to push that into people so they actually have that and they can be like, oh, hey, and listen to those songs over and over again and continue to have that tingly feeling, say, like, five years, ten years down the road. Mm-hmm. We're not playing, or we still are. And that song comes on, and they still get that tingly feeling again with those songs. That's that's what I like about most of the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about lyrical content, but it's also musical content as mm-hmm. well. Um, not a single one of our songs doesn't make every single one of the person, people in this band move. Mm-hmm. Like whether that's a headbang or a crazy power stance or whatever, every single part of every single song, we play it because we like it. Mm-hmm. Like it makes us want to do things. It makes us want to dance around. It, it makes us want to do more and and because we enjoy it. So. Yeah, but like Gary was saying though, he. May, him and Damon may have had a big part lyrically with one song, Malin or Mason with another, but we write our words and our lyrics so that it can relate to every single person. Mm-hmm. If everyone's having a bad day, they can relate that song personally to them, and then 
they can find their self-worth or they can find what they're missing in our words, I think. I came into this band not even knowing like what was going to be expected. And so like hearing all these songs, they actually touched me in a way because I was like, wow, like it took a minute for me to actually sit down and listen to them and get to know them. So when they're talking about how it's going to hit hit right here, like in the middle, where it actually does the job. So living proof. <laughs> <laughs> I think something else about the band before we move on is all of us have been friends for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like Maylin and I have been friends for 20 years. I remember Bridger coming home from the hospital. Um, <laughs> Sean and I have played in bands together for 10 plus years. Gary and I have known each other for five years. And um, Damon is the newest member of the band, and he came in um, almost a year ago. And um, so, like, this, this band is actually friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we hang out all the time. Um, what, do, what does that add to your music, do you think? I think it builds the stage presence. Mm-hmm. Like, more often than not, Everyone is like just dicking around with everybody on stage, like just having a grand old time, um, trying to make someone else smile. Um, and like when someone screws up, it's it's just funny. Like, <laughs> like you can tell. everyone just is having a blast the whole time. And I think it's because music is just kind of what we do because we're hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember going to Sean's house when I was probably 14, 15 years old. And that's what we did. Like, we would go back into the laundry room and just make noise for hours <laughs> and hours. That's where we kept all the music equipment in my parents' house. <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> it's go back still in the laundry there. room and go bang on the washer. <laughs> no, it's just a... We just have a fun chemistry about us being is that we've all been friends for so long. I mean, I think the only one here that I know the least well would be Bridger. Mm-hmm. But I've known Damon, Gary, and Mason and Malin for years, and we just have this chemistry about us and when we're actually like playing, whether somebody's sitting here with us watching us or if it's just the band, we're just, we're just having fun. All right, guys. So let's, let's go ahead and plug, let's uh, plug your next show, which is going to be November 3rd. Who are you going to be with? Yeah, so that that show on November 3rd is actually really cool for us. We're playing with two touring bands. I don't remember where they're from, but it's Mariner and Life Lessons, Mm -hmm. both super good pop-punk bands, um, and we are the only support band for them. So it's it's a pretty cool opportunity for us. We're playing at the Loading Dock at 6.30 um, on November 3rd. And it's going to be really, really fun. A lot of uh, energetic music happening. Um, so, yeah, come out to that. A lot of people already bought tickets. A lot of still need some tickets. Oh, yeah, there's a lot that still need tickets, too. <laughs> yeah. Can they so it's, it's you buy at the fun. door if they yeah. need to? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ten bucks. You can buy them at the door. You can also buy them off, I think it's jrcevents.com. Okay. And you can get them there. And our lineup should be on that specific date, and you can get them from that. And uh, your like social media stuff. Can people follow you on social media? What do you, what do you got? Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah, we have yes. we have a Facebook. We've just recently set up an Instagram. Okay. Um, we have. Uh, I think we're having another one that's in the works for a. We're talking about it for a Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not 100% sure if we're going to go through with that one or not. And at some point, I think we'll probably do something like, we'll probably mess with our, uh, what is that, the Reverb Nation? At some point when we actually get all the music twiddled and tweedled. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, MySpace. Running. I think I, I think that website's yeah. still going. I think it. I think it is. But Bridger said he'd front that. So, yeah. so plainly put, easy, go easy. follow. You got to take the us. picture like above us with our heads down and our hair long. You got to do that. MySpace angles. <laughs> no, plainly put, just go follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are the most active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to book us, play, we would love to play shows. So please find please. us through Facebook. Yes. Contact, contact us the best you can. So, Cool. All right. Anything else you can? Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll go ahead and say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Um, goodbye. Later. Bye-bye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> Toodles. Thank Not Quite Heroes for joining me on the podcast. Make sure you go out to the loading dock November 3rd. It's going to be a good time. Go and support them in their first show with this lineup. Also, keep an eye on their Facebook and Instagram pages to keep up with how their album is coming and when that's going to come out. I'd like to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Please hit me up. I am Oaf underscore Eric on Twitter. Oaf Eric on Instagram. Ogden Arts Festival Pod on Facebook and opeeric at gmail.com if you want to email me. Thank you so much for listening to the Ogden Arts Festival Pod. Have a good one.